Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe style can be easy and getting dressed should be fun. I am your host, Jennifer Mackie Mary, and all month long to celebrate 100,000 downloads, we're resharing some of our most popular episodes with some new thoughts. Also, to celebrate this big old milestone, we're giving away a bunch of prizes. The top one is a $100 gift card. There's a post on our Facebook page with all the details, and you can head over there to find it. Again, we're Everyday Style with Jen on Facebook, or there's a link in the show notes directly to the post. You can head to youreverydaystyle.com slash episode 65 to check it out. Today, we're resharing episode 14, which is edit your closet like a pro. This is actually our number one downloaded episode by a long shot, which makes me realize that this is a big challenge for a lot of you. I would have started with this episode last week, but I was working on something and I wanted to make sure it was ready. And now that it is, I can talk about it. I have created a video masterclass called the Ultimate Closet Makeover to help you tackle this really daunting task and be successful at it. I thought if this is the thing that everybody really, really wants help with, let me create something to help you even more. This class has three modules. The first one is all about goal setting, gathering your supplies, and getting set up for closet success. I guarantee you, if you do this prep work, you're going to like the results so much more than if you just open the closet and start chucking stuff. It's really about setting you up for success. The second module covers editing your wardrobe, going through your clothes, deciding what to keep and what to toss. This class shares how to make those decisions and what to do with the stuff you're getting rid of. And it also lays out a schedule of how to tackle this task without overwhelm. That's a really important thing because what happens is most people burn out when they're trying to edit their wardrobe and they don't end up with the results they want. The last module is about organizing your closet for maximum efficiency and space saving and how to make it look like the boutique you'd like to shop from each morning. It also covers what to consider if you're thinking about redoing your closet. I believe every closet can be just a little bit more Pinterest worthy, even if you don't have a huge space. And this module will help you get there. You also get a downloadable workbook with everything you need to keep you on track and help you be successful. When this episode first aired, I joked about coming to your house to help you get your closet in order. But this class is the absolute best and most affordable way to help you make sense of your wardrobe and create a closet that makes it easy to get dressed. The class is available now. It's on our website. You can go there and find it. And I will link directly to it in the show notes. If you don't know where to start with style or you've been trying a million different things with less than stellar results, start here. Start with editing your closet editing your wardrobe, clearing out the clutter, and creating a functional closet. So many women don't have functional closets. And today I want to talk about why this is where you start and why this is so important. Have you ever watched Fixer Upper on HGTV? Just kidding. I know you have. I get it. I've watched lots of Fixer Upper on HGTV. If you haven't, by the way, go check it out. It's awesome. After they have found the house, they don't just get to work painting, hanging pictures, changing out light fixtures, do they? No. 
what they start with is Chip's favorite day, which is demo day. They take out everything that isn't working. They don't just add some quick cosmetic fixes, which would only add to the problem. They strip it down to exactly what they want to keep before adding anything else. They also fix the foundation, which is something we covered in our bra episodes. Head over there and check those out uh, if you have not already. You need a demo day or a demo week in your closet before you start adding things. Every time you put clothes into an unedited closet, it's like adding a coat of paint over peeling wallpaper. You're going to spend your time and money and energy on the paint, and in the end, you're going to be disappointed in the results. It's never going to look the way you want it to. You are much, much better off putting in the effort to get rid of the wallpaper first. The other thing that happens during demo day is that they find gems they didn't know they were there, like hardwood floors under ugly carpet, or because it's Joanna Gaines, an entire shiplap wall. If they just cleaned the carpets or painted the wall, they wouldn't have found the gems. I cannot tell you how many times I've been in clients' closets and we found great stuff that they either forgot about or just wasn't shining under all the clutter or was being underutilized because they just couldn't see how it worked with everything else. You may not be as far off from your style goals as you think. You just can't see it. You've got to get in there and do the demo. This brings me to the two things that happen in an unedited closet. First, the clutter makes it difficult to get dressed. So you assume you have nothing and just keep buying. I mean, how many times have you seen a meme or even me that jokes about a closet full of nothing to wear, right? You just keep buying but you're trying to solve the wrong problem. And chances are you're not buying the pieces you really need to solve your wardrobe challenges. But how on earth would you know? The other thing I see happen is that women see lots of clothes in their closets, so they assume they have lots of options and they refuse to give themselves permission to shop. So why do they still struggle to get dressed? Because like I've said a million times, your wardrobe is not all the clothes in your closet. It's the clothes in your closet you can and do wear. If you have 50 pairs of pants in your closet and 48 of them don't fit, are too dressy, are too short, whatever, you don't have 50 pairs of pants in your wardrobe. You have two pairs of pants in your wardrobe and it's no wonder you can't get dressed. Whether you keep shopping or you're not giving yourself permission to shop, you need to see what you have so you can discover what you need. And then you can shop or not shop accordingly and buy the right things that actually solve the problem. Before we play the original episode, I want to share five ways clutter affects you. Even if you have a big closet and clutter isn't a space issue, it has an impact. Here is how. Number one, clutter costs you time. Every minute you spend looking for something you can't find in your closet and every minute you spend flipping through the clothes you don't wear, looking for the things that you do wear or want to wear, that's wasted time. Get rid of these time wasters and see how different your mornings are. Second, clutter causes procrastination. There's an old saying that clutter is just delayed decisions. I love that. Think about that old scratchy sweater that I always talk about. You're never going to wear it, but you can't just pull the trigger and get rid of it. What you're doing is you're delaying the inevitable decision you know you need to make. 
what you're telling yourself is, I'll do it later, or I'll decide later. You're going to have to spend that time again and again and again until you just pull the trigger, make the decision, quit procrastinating, and get rid of things you're not going to wear. Number three, clutter increases stress. Overflowing closets full of things you can't wear do not lead to zen-like mornings. They lead to wardrobe meltdowns and trying on 10 things, leaving them all in a heap on your floor, searching through piles, working up a sweat just to get dressed. Just thinking about this is raising my stress level. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to live that way. You can have a nice, calm morning where you go into your closet, you can see what you have, you can choose things easily and move on with your day. Doesn't that sound like a nicer way to live? Number four, clutter clouds your judgment. When you have just a few things, you're choosy about what those things are. When you have a ton of stuff, it's easy to fall into the, eh, what's one more thing mentality. It's always surprised me that when I'm in the closet of a woman who has one black t-shirt, she has one nice black t-shirt. When I'm in the closet of a woman who has 10 black t-shirts. I'm usually in the closet of a woman who has 10 faded black t-shirts or 10 black t-shirts with little holes in them, stretched out black t-shirts. They're not great black t-shirts. I don't know what it is about too much stuff causing lowered expectations and lower standards, but I have seen it a hundred times. Finally, clutter keeps you from living in the moment. Hanging on to the past, hoping it's going to be your future, leaves out the now. If you've gotten nothing else from this show, I hope it's the idea that you should be dressing the body you have now for the life you have now in the style that makes you happy now. The clutter from the body, life, and style you used to have needs to go to make room for the now. All right, there you have it. Clutter is doing a whole lot more than just taking up space, and none of it is good. Keep these things in mind when you open your closet doors and then head over to my website, grab the Ultimate Closet Makeover, and do something about it. It's an investment in your style and in your life, and you will never, ever regret having a really well-organized, well-edited closet, I promise. Head over to the show notes at youreverydaystyle.com slash episode 65 to learn more about the class and for a link to the original episode in its entirety. Also, don't forget to join our giveaway for the month of August. And for now, I hope you enjoy this excerpt from Edit Your Closet Like a Pro. I'll see you next week. All right, ladies, today we are talking about cleaning out your closet, and I am going to show you my, or tell you, my three-phase system that I have used for years and years. It's what I do with all my clients, whether they've realized it or not, and it's what I do in my own closet. So let's talk about why this is so important. First of all, I said in the introduction that a great wardrobe is much about what you take out as what you put in. When you just keep accumulating stuff, you lose sight of the gems in the closet that I know are there. You lose sight of what you actually need. The more you have, the harder it is to get dressed. And the more you can't use, the more impossible it becomes to get dressed. So we really have to take out what's not working before you can really think about putting more in. So that's the first reason. The second reason is this. It's an opportunity to wipe the slate clean for fall. 
Fall is fashion's new year. This is when we actually make resolutions. We say, you know what? I'm going to look good for PTA meetings. You know, I'm not going to go to the bus stop in my pajamas anymore. We all make these little style resolutions and they always happen in the fall. And so this is a really great time. You know, if you're convinced that you're not going to wear pajamas to the bus stop anymore, let's make sure you have some good stuff in your closet that you will wear instead. So that is why this is an important topic to cover right now. And um, I hope you're ready. Maybe if you are not driving, take some notes. If you are driving, listen to it again if you have to. So let's talk about my three-phase system for editing closets. Now, most of you will not be able to have me in your closet with you. I mean, if you want to bring me to you, that is great. Call me. If you can't do that, here is what you do. Ready? As always, I got disclaimers for you. And here's the first one. Your closet and your setup is unique to you and you may have to make adjustments. My advice may not fit your situation perfectly. One question I always get asked is about transitioning seasons. Should I keep all my winter clothes with my summer clothes? What should I do? And this really depends on your own closet. In our old house, when I had a big old walk-in closet all to myself, I didn't switch out seasons. I had plenty of room to have everything right there. And I kept, and we'll talk about how I organized closets, and I kept winter and summer and all those together just in the right categories. But now I have a much smaller closet and I share it with my husband. So I do have to swap out seasons. And then I get asked about when to swap out seasons. And the rule I use for myself is that when I'm going to my off-season storage more than I'm reaching into the closet in my bedroom, it's time to fully switch. And you kind of know that day. So that is the first one. The second one I get asked about is what to hang and what to fold. Again, it depends on you and your and your storage situation. I believe in out of sight, out of mind. Once it goes in a drawer, most people forget they own it. So I like to hang as much as possible. But if that doesn't work for you and your situation and your storage, do the best you can and fold your clothes using a file fold system instead of a pile fold system. I will put a link in the show notes showing what you what a file fold is. You can see more of what you've got and things don't get lost on the bottom. Now, the last one is most advice says to do your closet all at once. Just tackle it. Just get in there. And I don't agree with that. What normally happens is you get this big burst of energy in the morning. You pull out everything. You throw it all on your bed and you lose steam about halfway through. Don't kid yourself. Editing your closet is a ton of work. It is physically difficult. Yeah, it's mentally draining. It is so much work, especially if you don't have someone there helping you. So what happens is you lose the steam. You go downstairs for a snack and a little bit of a break, and then you just don't go back to it. And when you go up to go to bed, you have a huge pile of clothes on your bed and you go, oh, and you throw them on the floor or you hang them back up haphazardly and you've spent this day for nothing. So this does not have to be a process that just drains your energy and your soul. This can be pretty easy and we're going to break it down into chunks, which is why I break it down into my three-step system. So. I believe my way is a whole lot more manageable. However, if that one day approach works for you, go for it. Who am I to tell you what is right? Now, as kind of a joke, but not really, I always tell my clients that the best day to clean out your closet is the day you have to do laundry because you have, quote unquote, nothing to wear. When you find yourself saying that, go into your closet and get rid of anything you actually could have worn but chose not to. For example, if you are a woman who lives in 
jeans and t-shirts most days of the week and you say, oh my gosh, I have nothing to wear. I got to do some laundry. Go up in your closet and all the jeans and t-shirts that you don't want to wear, they can go. All the things you convinced yourself that you would wear instead of jeans and t-shirts, they can absolutely go. So that's a great day to clean out your closet. But if you're not doing that, let's get into my steps. All right. There is a little pre-work before the three steps, but I promise it will make everything else easier for you. And here it is. Before you clean out your closet, I want you to organize it. I understand that that's counterintuitive, that you think, well, why would I organize things I'm not going to keep? But trust me, it is part of the process. It makes everything easier. It makes it go faster. And it makes it easier to divide into smaller chunks on the day you are going through things. Here's how I want you to organize your closet. Everything grouped together by item, all pants together, all tops together, et cetera. I want you to break up those outfits that are hanging together. You know, the one you bought because it looked exactly like the mannequin and it all hangs together. That is not a great way to utilize your clothes to the, to the, for maximum efficiency. I want you to break those up. And then I want you to hang the tops with the tops, the pants with the pants. Now, once you've got them organized into categories, I want you to organize the tops by sleeve length. So I want you to hang all your short sleeve together, all your actually sleeveless first, short sleeve, three quarter, long sleeve. Right behind that go jackets and cardigans all grouped together. You hang your pants by by hem length. You can hang your dresses either by sleeve length or hem length, whichever works best for you. Skirts go by hem. The reason this works is this. You see more of what you have and you can identify automatically, just really quickly identify your challenges getting dressed. If you have a hundred cardigans, but no good shells to wear under them, you find your problem. One thing people are so impressed with themselves all the time for, and they say, oh, I organize by color. And I say, yep, that's super pretty. However, don't do that. The reason is we don't get dressed by color. I get that you go in your closet and it looks like a rainbow and it's super pretty. However, you don't see what you have easily. We don't get dressed by color. We get dressed by weather and activity. And it's easier when you can see what you have for those two things easily. For example, if you get up and you say, oh, I have a meeting today. I need to wear a jacket. You immediately go to the jackets. You don't have to flip through every color to see what jackets you have. And then you need a shell to go under it you can easily find the shells. Knowing you like blue doesn't really help you. So if you are super meticulous and you want to organize by color within those categories, that's fine. But organizing by category, sleeve type, all of that, rather than color will make your closet so much more efficient. All right. Now that process This pre-work should take no more than about 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how much you have. And if you have a clothing rack, it makes life even faster. I recommended one in an earlier episode that is super helpful for closet editing, and then it, it folds back up. You can use it for parties, guests, whatever. I will link to it again in the show notes. All right. Once that's done, we are into the real stuff. We are into the first step, the first phase, which is what I call low hanging fruit. This is when you get rid of everything that you know needs to go. You can get rid of clothes that are in bad shape, clothes that need more repair or tailoring than you're willing to do, and clothes you simply don't like. 
Here's the most important thing in this phase is that you do not jump ahead. This is not the part we are trying things on making determinations about whether or not they work for you. There is no trying on in this phase. The only things I want you to ask yourself is this, do I like it? And would I buy this again just as it is? If you say, well, I like it, but you know, if the color wasn't so bright red, it's got to go because there's nothing that's going to magically happen in your closet that's going to make that thing less bright red. Or if you say, I love this sweater, if, if it just wasn't so itchy, it's got to go. There's never going to be a day where you want to wear an itchy sweater and there's nothing that's going to magically happen in your closet to make it not itchy. So clothes that are in bad shape, things that need more repair or tailoring than you're willing to do, or clothes you don't like, just go. That's it. That is just step number one. Again, this one should not take you long. This is 30 to 45 minute max and less if you organize my way first. By the way, this is also a time to pull out clothes that are memories and not part of your wardrobe. Let me explain what I mean by clothes that are part of your wardrobe. When I say wardrobe, I don't mean your, the entire contents of your closet. I mean the clothes you choose from every day to get dressed. The dress you wore to your bridal shower 15 years ago that doesn't fit and isn't in style is a memory, not a useful part of your wardrobe. Pull those things out, put them in a box. It's going to be easier to see what you have when you're not seeing memories mixed in with your wardrobe. Remember, your closet should be the boutique that you shop from every morning, not a museum to the person you were five years ago or a warehouse for the person you're hoping to be in five years. It should serve you today day. And that's all that should be in your closet, or at least all that's hanging in your closet. Now, if you want to use your closet for storage, that's fine. But just make sure that you are separating out the things that are not wardrobe. Box them up. Get them out of sight. This is probably a good time to talk about why we hang on to clothes that we don't wear. And there are really two reasons that I have found over the course of my career. The first one is memories. And the second one is guilt. But let's talk about memories first. Memories can be divided into two categories. We remember when we did wear them or we remember when we could wear them. Let's talk about we remember when we did wear them. A lot of women have a very emotional, very sentimental attachment to their clothes. If that is you, recognize that they are memories and not clothes. If it is a happy memory, put it in a box, get it out of your wardrobe. If it is a bad memory, get rid of the item and get it out of your wardrobe. There's no reason to hang on to bad memories. Now let's talk about we remember when we could wear it. This does not serve you. Keeping clothes that you wore, a pair of jeans that you wore when you were 22 and you could only wear them for a month because you had dieted so hard. Oh my gosh, you looked so good that month, but man, were you hungry? Those do not serve you at all. If you are not actively working on getting back into them, or you don't want to do what it takes to get back into them, or you don't even like them anymore, get rid of them. So I have women tell me all the time, you know, I'm going to join Weight Watchers or Noom, or I'm going to start keto. And I say, oh, so you're doing keto? No, I'm going to start it. That is not actively working on it. Having an idea of what you're going to do is not actively working on it. Get those clothes out of there. Now let's talk about you don't want to do what it would take to get back into them. And we'll talk about this in a little bit when I tell you why I make my clients try on clothes that don't fit. I'm sure a lot of you have followed my weight journey. And a couple of years ago, I was the skinniest I've ever been in my life. I was a size eight, which for me is not natural. And I have these shorts and they were a size eight. And I put them on 
I do not want to do what it would take to get back into these. Could I? Probably. But it was painful to get there and I don't want to do it again. So the shorts have to go. Now, the last part I talked about is you don't even like them anymore. This happens all the time. Hanging on to clothes just because you could wear them once, but you don't even like them. What is the point of that? If you don't like something, it has no place in your wardrobe. All right, let's move on to guilt. There are two parts to guilt. Number one, it was a gift. Number two, you spent money on it. Let's talk about a gift. If it was a gift that you love, obviously you're wearing it and loving it, and this is not a problem. However, if it's a gift you didn't love, if you can't just say thank you and donate it, wear it once, send a picture to the giver saying thank you, and then donate it. People are not coming into your closet to see if you kept that sweater they gave you five years ago. I promise it does not happen. But get it out of there and donate it. Let it be a gift to somebody else. Marie Kondo has this to say about gifts, and I'll read it for you. The true purpose of a present is to be received because gifts are a means for conveying someone's feelings for you. When viewed from this perspective, there is no need to feel guilty about parting with a gift that ultimately doesn't spark joy. I'll link to her article about gifts in the show notes, but I love that. The person has given it to you. They have given you their feelings of love. They have given you their feelings of gratitude. You have accepted that. The gift doesn't need to be kept for them to feel that way about you. So that's guilt. Now let's talk about money. I see this all the time, women refusing to part with clothes because they spent money on it. I get it. You made a bad purchase. Or maybe you made a good purchase a while ago, but it's it's not working for you anymore. The reality is the money is gone. It's not coming back. And the item has no value just hanging in your closet. You will not recoup the value of anything. You will not recoup your loss just by keeping it. If it was a bad purchase, vow to do better. If it was a good purchase, be grateful for the use you got out of it and let it go. I've had clients, some clients who have had so many clothes with tags still on hanging in a closet drive me insane because it is so wasteful. I've pulled my phone out with my calculator and we have added up how much they spent on clothes they never wore. And I hoped that that number would make them sick enough not to do it. By the way, if you have clothes in your closet with tags, if you don't wear something within two weeks of buying it, you're never going to wear it. So return it while you can. Donate it if, it if you can't. But keeping it doesn't get your money back. It does not get your money back. Let it go. So that is phase one. Easy peasy. You do not have to try anything on in this part. You're just getting rid of stuff that needs to go. And I promise you, you're going to feel the weight of your closet kind of lightening even a little bit on this one. Even if you're getting rid of stuff you spent money on, I promise. Okay. Now phase two, this is the big one. This is what I call the meat and potatoes part. This is where I'm really actively in my client's closet and we are trying stuff on. Again, you do not have to do this all in one day. I kind of recommend you don't. When you're closet is organized by type, it's very easy just to take one section out at a time. By the way, if you don't have a clothing rack, a really good thing, and I have a client um, who I work with virtually who does this, she has two kitchen chairs with a broom <laughs> stretched across them and she hangs them that way. It's just easier to work with your closet when it's out of your closet, number one, and not in a pile on your bed. So if you can hang it up, that's great. All right, so pull out the section you're working with, and then I need you to gather your closet edit tools, and there are a few of them. Number one is your full-length mirror. 
I am shocked at how many women do not have a full length mirror. Seriously, there's six bucks at Target. Go get one. You need this in your style life. Number two is good lighting. If your room is dark, you need to bring some lamps in, you know, open the windows if your neighbor's can't see into your into your room while you're changing. Do what you got to do, but get more light in there. It's really hard to see fit, especially in dark colors in a dark room. Number three is air conditioning or a fan. Even in cold weather, I have my clients bring a fan in if possible. This gets hot. It gets to be a lot of work. You get, you're going to work up a sweat. So make your room cooler if you can. Bring in a fan, turn on the AC, do what you got to do, but cool yourself down. And then here we go. We're going to pull out the first section and we're going to start trying on. And I want you to try it on even if it doesn't fit. I know that's crazy, but I want you to do it for a couple of reasons. Number one, it actually might fit. So many of my clients have gained like five pounds and in their head, they have become Ursula the Sea Witch from The Little Mermaid. And that's not how it happens. This happens all the time. And I say that we start looking at our mind mirror instead of a real mirror. You have to get out of your mind mirror where even five pounds turns you into a totally different person. And you need to look in the real mirror and say, oh, this fits. I cannot tell you how many items of clothing people have said, oh, I'm not going to try that on. It doesn't fit. And I said, well, let's do it anyway. And they put it on and, oh, look at that. It fits. And it, it feels good when it fits. But even if it doesn't, you need to know if it ever will and if you want to do what it would take, right? So let's go back to my size eight shorts. I do not want to do what it would take. When that happened, I had been hardcore keto for two and a half years. I was eating probably five to 10 carbs a day, and I was fasting four days a week. So by the way, I don't need emails about any of that. I get it. Fasting is actually super good for you, and I loved it, but it's just really hard with a family. So this is not about that. We're going to do, do a whole episode about that. But for now, just know that those little shorts, I'm really happy just going back to Old Navy and buying a bigger size. I'm fine with that. But if you don't want to do what it would take to get back into those things, let them go. Let them go. Women always want to know what to do with clothes that don't fit. How long should you hang on to them? What if you are willing to do what it takes? So here's what I say. Put it in a box and give it a date, not a wait. So let's say, let's say I wanted to get back into my shorts and I was doing what it, what it would take. And I say, you know what? It's probably going to take me a year to get back into these shorts. All right. So it's mid-August today. I would say mid-August of 2020. And on that day, I'm going to open that box. And if they fit, awesome. They can go back in the wardrobe. If they don't, they're going to go. The deal is, you know, I've said this before, someday never comes. You can't find someday. So I'm going to get back into these shorts someday. No, you won't. I'm going to get back into these shorts by August of 2020. Well, maybe. And in August of 2020, if they don't fit, they can go. It's a realistic way to do it. All right. So what happens if this, you try and your clothes on and they do fit? Here's what I want you to ask yourself in this meat and potatoes phase. Number one, do I like the way I look in this? Do I like the way I look in this? If the answer is no, you will never wear it. Never. There will never come a day where you say, boy, I would love to wear that sweater that makes me feel frumpy. Hey, you know that blouse that makes me look kind of like death warmed over? I think I'll wear that today. 
you will never wear it. Get rid of it. Number two, do I like the way I feel in this? And this can either be psychological or physical. I work with a lot of women who are very, very aware of their clothes on their body, how they fit, how they feel, all of that stuff. And if it doesn't feel good, they don't want to wear it. Fair enough. But there will never come a day where you want to wear the itchy sweater or the armholes that are cut too high or that it's just too snug across the shoulders. Whatever it is, that day will not come. There is no clothing apocalypse emergency coming that all of your good stuff is going to be wiped out in one day and all that's going to be left is these, well, maybe, no, just go ahead and get rid of them. Those are the things, again, if we go back to what I said earlier, when you need to do laundry because you've got nothing to wear, this is the stuff that's still in there. So do I like the way I look in it? Do I like the way I feel in it? The answer is no to either one. Chuck it. Number three, is this a piece that reflects the person I am today and the style I have today? It's okay to change. Allow yourself to evolve. You don't have to keep the clothes you love that don't work for the the you that you are today. I had a client ages ago and every single piece we pulled out, oh, I'm going to keep that. It used to be my favorite. Oh, I'm going to keep that. It used to be my favorite. And I'd say, okay, What's the memory associated with this? And there wasn't like a clear memory. It wasn't, I wore that when I got engaged or I wore that to my first job. Those are memories and they get boxed up. But just used to be my favorite, that's just hanging on to a person you used to be. Allow yourself to evolve. Allow yourself to evolve and only keep the clothes that reflect the person that you are today. So that's number three. Now, Let's talk about, again, if it doesn't fit, we talked about getting rid of it, boxing it up, getting it out of your wardrobe. The last thing I want to say about this, and I forgot to mention earlier, is clothes that don't fit you don't motivate you. I hear clients tell me all the time, oh, I keep these two small jeans because they motivate you. Well, Lindy, you haven't worn them in 10 years, so I don't think your strategy is quite working. The thing about clothes that don't fit is they mock you in the morning, but they do not motivate you all day long. In the morning, you go in and go, oh, I used to be able to wear those jeans. But then you're at lunch and you don't say, "Mm, I think I'll just have water. I have a pair of jeans from 2004 that don't fit me anymore. That's never happened. Never, ever in the history of ever has someone said they are not going to or that they're going to change their lifestyle because they have clothes that don't fit. It just doesn't happen. So they got to get out of your closet. They cannot be hanging in your wardrobe. They can be in a box with a date on it. That's it. All right. Number five, I want you to ask yourself, where will I wear this? This is a question I ask my Lindas all the time in a closet edit. So they'll put something on and it's a fine top, whatever. And I say, where are you going to wear this? And they'll say, oh, I'll wear it to the theater. And I say, oh, you go to the theater a lot? No. Okay. Well, Linda, you have 12 outfits for the theater and you don't go. So are we really, do we really need to keep that many? Remember Linda from Lessons from Linda in episode 13, she had her quote unquote part-time life that was really her full-time life and needed to dress for it. Don't hang on to these things that aren't going to actually go anywhere. You can keep a few if that's something that you do every now and then, but you don't need a whole wardrobe for it. Now, the sixth thing I want you to ask yourself is, how will I wear this? 
For maximum versatility, you should be able to wear things three to five ways. If you've got a lot of single-use items in your wardrobe, you're going to have a much harder time getting dressed each day. And I can think of a closet that I worked in many, many years ago, and this client loved pattern and color. Everything was pattern and color, pattern and color, pattern and color but everything could really only be worn one way. This shirt goes with these pants, right? This pink gingham top goes with these pink pants and this purple paisley blouse goes with these purple pants. All these single use items make it really hard to get dressed every single day. So when you are editing your closet, kind of be thinking, even if it's not a section that you have out in front of you, how can I wear this? How can I wear this jacket? Can I wear it with three different bottoms? Can I wear it with three different underpieces? What can I do with this thing for maximum versatility? And if you have single use items that you don't love, they can go ahead and go. Now, as you're going through this and asking yourself these six questions, by the way, this is also a good time to give yourself a quality check. So I know in our phase one that we got rid of anything that was clearly beyond its time. But when you are going through this phase two, this is when that lighting and that mirror come in really handy. Really inspect the quality. I know maybe you love, love, love that old navy sweater, but if it has seen better days, is it time for it to go? This is a time for you to pull out all that kind of stuff and only hang on to what's best. So that's kind of the seventh thing you should be looking at is the quality of it. All right. And as you're going through this, things that you are keeping go back on hangers and things that you want to part with go in a donate pile or a sell pile. Again, this is a question I get a lot. What do I do with the stuff I want to get rid of? It's totally up to you to decide what you want to do with those things. Obviously, if you sell it on consignment, if you sell it on eBay, you're going to recoup some of the in, some of your investment. You can spend it on other clothes and that's wonderful. It's a lot of work. And if you're a person with good intentions to sell, but you know you're not going to follow through, just donate it. For me personally, I know that that those things don't give you a ton of money and it's a lot of work and I just, I'm always just over it. So I just donate stuff. But if you do want to sell and recoup some of your money, good places to do it are eBay. eBay probably gives you your best money back. Um, Poshmark, Mercari, Tradesy. Um, I'm sure there are others that I'm um, thread up. Uh, I know that there are others that I'm missing, but I will link to those in the show notes. And also check out local consignment shops. A lot of women have things that they say they're too good to donate, which frankly is a concept that I don't understand. I, I do understand wanting to get some of the money back for something, but um, you know, I always think of being that person at Goodwill who needs to be at Goodwill and finding like a like a really amazing piece. I think that's kind of cool. But if that, if you want to get your money back out of it, try the local consignment shops or go with these online things and and do your best. I think you're going to find that you don't get as much as you'd like out of them, but it will be something. And if if it keeps you in clothes for the next capsule, that's a great thing. All right, let's move on from that. Again, I'll put the my favorite spots in, in links in the show notes. All right, before we get to step three, I want to talk about a few simple upgrades you can make in your closet. And during this time in phase two is a good time to do them. This is when I switch out hangers for a lot of my clients where we talk about, you know, things you can add. Upscale closets, you know, when you you see a closet like on Pinterest, you go, oh, that'd be amazing. And while a lot of us don't have entire rooms that we can put a huge island in the middle of and, you know, a couch, there are things you can do to make your closet feel more upscale and to function better. So here are just a few things. And this, again, phase two is a good time to do them. 
Number one, get better hangers. Get better hangers. Ditch those dry cleaner hangers and the plastic tube hangers. Instead, trade them out for velvet slimline hangers. You can fit more in your closet and they hold your clothes better so you can cut those ribbons or plastic, I don't know, sticky strings out of your shirt. Those are not meant to be permanent installations. Those are for the stores, not for you. Also, don't forget to upgrade your pant and skirt hangers. If possible, hang your pants long so they don't get the crease when you fold them or that dust line that proves you're actually not wearing them. Last year, I found a hanger for pants and skirts and off-the-shoulder tops that I absolutely love. They're called holding hangers, and I'm going to link to them in the show notes along with some velvet hangers. But the holding hangers, they don't leave clip marks in your clothes. They look nice in your closet and your pants don't slide around making a big wrinkled mess. Seriously, check them out. Go to holdinghangers.com. Um, and Seely, the owner of Holding Hangers, was nice enough to give my listeners um, a 15% discount. You can use code EVERYDAY15, all caps. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but EVERYDAY15 for 15% off your Holding Hangers purchase. I don't often say that hangers are revolutionary, but I am so in love with these things. So go and check them out. All right. They are worth every penny. Okay, upgrade your lighting. One of the hallmarks of an upscale closet is good lighting. It's really hard to get dressed when you can't see your clothes. If your clothes still has that one or two bulb builder grade light, replace it with something brighter. If you want to make your closet a little more boutique-y and feel a little special, you can put a bright little chandelier in there for fun. Personally, my closet is long and narrow and dark, so I upgraded to a six-bulb LED track light. I can see everything in there. Dark corners lead to forgotten clothes. Now, if you don't have lighting wired in your closet, there are some great battery-operated alternatives. All you have to do is stick the remote where you'd like a light switch, go ahead and put the little stick-up lights everywhere, mount that thing, and you've got better lighting. You know, I'm going to put a link in the show notes for my favorite brand. All right, the last thing you should add to your closet is a simple hook where you can put your outfit for the next day. I'm going to do a whole episode on outfit planning and how important it is. But for now, just know that the simple act of picking out your outfit the night before will help you look more put together, reduce morning stress, and help you wear more of what you've got. As always, there's a link in the show notes for product ideas. Okay. And if you really want to take on a project in your closet, I really encourage you to customize your closet. I'm not talking about these $2,000 California closet systems, which are fantastic if you can do that. But even if you can't, even if you've just got like the wire shelving, customize them to how you like it. One thing that surprised me when we moved into our house, there was not one place in our master closet to hang long clothes. I was like, did the previous owners never wear long dresses? What happened here? Couldn't hang my pants long. So I just got out my bolt cutters and I I snipped the wire frames, I, uh, the wire uh, shelves. I moved some up. I created different shelves. You know, and if I can do it, I'm not super duper handy. If I can do it, so can you. Pay attention to how what kind of space you need. Do you need more folding? Do you need more hanging? Do you want more long hanging? And then just kind of DIY it. It's much easier than you'd think. And you'd really be happy with the payoff. Okay. So that is the big chunk. That is phase two. You've done the bulk of the work and now it's time for phase three or step three, which I call pruning. 
I'm never around for this part with my clients because this happens weeks and months after your closet edit. And it is an ongoing, very selective, one item at a time process. When clients are on the fence about a piece, I tell them to keep it for now. I tell them to plan an outfit with that piece and wear it, paying attention to how they feel in it. If it's a good day and they like it, it stays. If they felt uncomfortable all day, it goes. Sometimes you have to wear these pieces you're unsure about to see why and understand, again, that nothing about that that piece is going to change. If the color made you feel blah, it's not changing. If that sweater was itchy, it's, it'll be itchy next time. It's time to part with it. Now, for me, pruning means I have a small laundry basket on the floor of my closet. Every single time I flip through my closet to get dressed and I come across an item that I have a negative reaction to, I just take it out of my wardrobe and I put it in the basket. At the end of the season, if I haven't pulled it back out, it gets donated. I make mistakes too, trust me. A few months ago, I bought a camel sweater at Target. I have to tell you, I love camel sweaters. To me, they're just like the most elegant, chic thing ever. And it was lightweight and slightly sheer. And that's my jam. It's kind of my unicorn of wardrobe items. So I bought it without trying it on. Got home. It was the right size, but I could never put my finger on, what don't I like about this? Why don't I like it? And then I realized it's got a little bit of a drop shoulder and the neck comes up a little bit higher than I would like. All in all, it just makes my top half feel bigger and I I just didn't like it. So it's in the basket. Now, I've got a few weeks left to decide if I want to keep it or not, but it has not come back out. So good chance that it's going to go. Doing this allows me to really focus on getting those it's fine items out of my wardrobe. And if you listen to episode 13, I shared that it's fine is what's standing between you and great style. Pruning is what you do to keep yourself from having to do steps one and two more often. In this phase, it's, a, it's really important to allow yourself to change and only hang on to what's serving you now and accept that we all make stupid purchases once in a while, but keeping things you don't like isn't going to give you your money back. Accept you made the mistake, accept that you're over whatever that is, sell or donate the item and move on vowing to do better next time. Finally, I want to wrap it up with this. I know that it seems scary to let go of a ton of stuff, especially things that you spent money on, things you used to love, whatever it is. But what I tell my clients is this, in the end, you end up with no less to wear than you did before. I can think of a Linda who I absolutely adore, and I think she'll be featured on a lesson from Linda one day, but it was the first time I actually decimated a closet. We went through and pulled out everything that didn't fit. We pulled out everything that didn't work for the lifestyle she had now. We pulled out everything she didn't love. I mean, we were really, really brutal. And I could see her face as she looked at this giant pile on the floor. And I said to her, you don't have any less to wear right now than you did when I walked in here. And she emailed me a couple of weeks later and she said, it's true. But what she realized in that moment when she had this pile on the floor is, oh my goodness, I have nothing to wear. I actually do have to shop. For so long, she'd been telling herself, I don't have to shop. I have a lot to wear. But when you pull out all this stuff, you see what you actually have. So remember, even if it's painful, you're not going to end up with any less to wear than you had when you started. You're just going to know where you're actually at. All right, friends, that is it. Three simple steps for editing your closet like a pro and keeping your edit maintained. Your homework for the week, if you didn't already guess, is to do the pre-work of organizing your closet the way I described. Set a timer for 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how much stuff you got, and get to work. 
Remember, there's no trying on in this step. There's no deciding whether to keep or toss. It's just grouping like items to set yourself up for success. And that is all I've got for you today. I will see you next time. Class is dismissed for today, but the conversation doesn't have to end. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast for show notes, freebies, and links to connect with me on social media. And if the Everyday Style School podcast is making style easier and more fun for you, it would make my day if you would subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share it with your friends so women everywhere can have more fun with style. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.